where we celebrate this time of thanksgiving and we give thanks for all the the blessings the things that god has given us and we are all really so blessed uh, this time of year you know one of the things that i'm thankful for is that rich did not have any more of those little things to pass out to everybody so i could tell how well i'm doing so uh thank you rich i appreciate that uh, uh maybe next time you can you can provide some but it is a good time for us uh you know uh we we enjoy this time uh, and and we know that christmas is near and the thing about christmas is it's uh, as a child remember how it was when you were a child and christmas was near and we got to this point in time in in the year and it seemed like up until that point in time time just flew by and then thanksgiving hit and all of a sudden the days just seemed to drag on and on and on and it would never come when you were a child and you were so anxious and you were so so uh, ready for for all of this to you know to happen and, and then that day came and you go underneath the tree and you get your presents and the things that you you had hoped that you had gotten you got and you just you were so delighted like that brand new bicycle that you have been waiting for and all the things that you had been hoping were on your list and you were just so excited and then a few months later the newness wears off and all those things that you were so excited about before uh, the joy sort of wears off and our, and our message today is, you know, John had a joy that didn't wear off. The thing about the disciples is that joy that they had continued on in good times as well as bad. And in this scripture, John is telling us why he is writing. Uh, he wants to bring you into a relationship with God. So, John, the author, is known as the beloved disciple. Uh, he was not only uh, a beloved disciple, but he was also uh, Jesus' cousin. And, and so they were family. Aunt Mary was, was well known to him. His sister, uh, her sister Salome was his mother. Uh, he was known sometimes as the son of thunder. He and James were known as the sons of thunder. Yet over that period of time, there apparently was some sort of transformation that went on in John's life. Because at the end, if you'll recall, John was called the disciple, the beloved disciple, the disciple that Jesus loved. So, what was from the beginning? What's he talking about here when he says, what was from the, give, from the beginning? Well, what he's talking about is not hearsay knowledge. It's not things that he had heard, but it is things that he had seen firsthand. He heard and saw those things directly from the source. Uh, he saw it with his own eyes as he witnessed the things, as, as not only as in the three-year period, where he, he was a disciple of Jesus, but also even growing up because he was a relative. Uh, and what has he touched with his hands? Whatever he touched with his hands, he saw. Uh, John had experienced all of these things firsthand. He was with Jesus from the very beginning. And so he saw the word of life, 
Well, what was these things he was talking about? What was the what were the word of life that he was talking about? It was the message of redemption that he heard from the source. This message was so strong. It was so powerful that those 12 disciples who followed him, less one, all of those disciples were willing, willingly give up their life. John was the only disciple who died a natural death. And even John had many hardships along the way. So that message, that word of life was so powerful that the disciples, the people who heard that, and many others were willing to give up their life willingly for this message, what they had observed. And he also talks about what he had touched with his hands, the things that Jesus had touched, the things that he had touched, the things that John himself had touched, the, the Savior with his own hands. He experienced all this firsthand. He was one who could say, uh, it's not something I heard about, but it's something that I witnessed firsthand. So what are these things? What is that word of life? Uh, the message of redemption is what he heard. And he heard it from the source. Uh, that message of redemption is unchanging. It is permanent. And it is unalterable. It's a message so strong that even though it was given thousands of years ago, is still prevalent today. It's still applicable today. That same message that was preached then can still be preached today. It's a message of faith and repentance. Faith and repentance. You can't have one without the other. There must be repentance and then followed by faith. What does that look like? How do we know? Well, one of the ways that we can tell that this is uh, real is look at the lives of some of the people that, are, that he talks about in the Bible. Let's look at the life of Paul. Paul, remember Paul? Paul was a rising star among the Jews. He was one that was, was above all the others. He was the one that, that they looked at and they said, you know, this is the example. This is the one that, you know, this is the Jew of, of all Jews. This is the one, look at his education. Look at the things that he has done. Look at the things that he says. Look at how zealous he is to persecute this, this band of people who are going against the religion, the true religion as we believe it, Look at this person who is, who is chief among the persecutors. Look, look at how, how he is and how faithful he is. And so he was the chief prosecutor. But he goes from the chief prosecutor and, and he goes to a follower of those whom he prosecuted. That Damascus Road experience transformed his life not to make it easier it certainly wasn't easier for none of these disciples none of these followers none of these people had an easy life it was a challenging life it was a sacrificial life it was a it was a life that was not just for the weak at heart acts 13 5 says paul and barnabas were expelled from antioch by the jews Acts 14, 5 says, 
the attempts by both Gentiles and Jews to assault and stone him. Acts 16.22 He was attacked by a mob and had their clothes stripped off them and beaten with rods and thrown in jail. Acts 12.11.24 He talks about, this is Paul speaking, he talks about the things that he has gone through. And he kind of gives a list of some of those things, just kind of in passing, as if it was, yeah, that's something that happened, but, you know, here I am today. He says five times he received the Jews 40 lashes. Five times he was beaten. Can you imagine what a person's back would look like after they had received that many beatings in their life? Three times he was beaten with rods. He was once stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked. He talks about in, in his travels, dangers from rivers, from robbers, from his own people, from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the country, dangers on the sea, dangers from false brothers, labor, hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold, lacking clothing, not to mention the other daily pressures on him. All these things are the things that Paul experienced because of that transformation that was made in his life on that road to Damascus. It was an amazing transformation. It was one that, that many people could not understand nor believe that this person who was so adamant before, had done a complete 180 in his life. And now he was the total opposite. He was the one that, uh, the one that had been persecuted. He was now one of those. 2 Timothy 2.1 says, Be strong in grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 9 says, and he talks about, For this I suffer to the point of being bound like a criminal, but God's message is not bound. This is why I endure all these things, so that you may have fellowship along with us. Paul was, went from the hunter to the hunted, but he counted it all joy. Paul endured all these things, the hardships, and he did all those yet joyfully and I wonder sometimes as we experience life do we experience life with this same sort of joy that perhaps Paul has do we endure the hardships the same way that Paul endures the hardships when things get tough for us how do we endure those how do we handle those situations do we handle it with the grace and with the with the same way in which Paul handled it it would be challenging. The spirit-led life leads to a joyful life. There are many examples in the Bible of a joyful spirit-led life, but we observe one closer to home here in our church. I am so excited. Maybe that's not the right word. Uh, I stand amazed at this church every time we have our, our meeting and greeting. You know, you realize that only about 10% of the churches in the congregation in the nation today 
celebrate this type of thing, have the, have the point in time where we, we are able to shake hands, meet each other, greet each other. Uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, it seems like uh, almost that, that people have to be hosed down sometimes to get us back in the pews because we enjoy being with each other. We enjoy that fellowship with each other. And that's not normal in a lot of other places. After church, people don't rush out to, to beat the Methodists to the, to the, dinner, the dinner table. Uh, we, 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 it, we get in the lobby there and we want to stay with each other. We enjoy fellowshipping with each other. And, and there's no hurry for us to get out because we enjoy spending time with each other. Because there's a genuine love for each other in this church. We are so blessed. We are so blessed with the leadership that we have. Uh, we're so blessed with the, the music that we have. Uh, we we're, we're sometimes don't realize how faithful these people are and how blessed we are to have them. Uh, each, uh, we, what we have seen and heard, we must also, we also declare to you. Well, why does he have to declare that? Why does he say that? He says, so that you may have fellowship along with us. Well, what is fellowship? Fellowship means to support each other, a group endeavor. God commands his true followers to gather together in spirit of love and support for each other. The world is lying in the power of Satan, and Christians have a fight against the world. We are not just members of a church, but we're friends as well. All striving for the same goal, spending eternity with Christ. It is important to have friends. It is important to have friends. A friend is one that you complete, be completely open with. You don't have to guard your words. You can feel completely safe with them. You can pour out your soul to them. With just an acquaintance, you must be on guard with what you say for fear of any misunderstanding. With a friend, I can say anything or I can say nothing. God wants us to be a friend. Think about this. God wants us to be his friend. He thinks that uh, he, uh, he, he became sin that we may have fellowship with us. Uh, it's one thing for God to be, uh, for I can understand how we would want to be God's friend. But sometimes it baffles me why he would want to be our friend. So he tells us not only to be friends, but he tells us to be joyful. He says, consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when we, have when we encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So let me kind of think about that a minute. The testing of your faith produces endurance. So what is he saying there? He's saying that these trials that come into our lives, these things that happen to us are really good. They're a benefit. Why? Because they help us to be able to overcome the future things that come into our life. It helps us to be able to endure. 
it helps us to have, have the persistence in life that is needed. So these trials really are, are a good thing for us. I consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when we encounter these trials, knowing that the testing of faith will endure us this endurance. That's what James has to say. Paul was joyful because he realized that this world was not his home. Just like this world is not our home. Every day here was one day closer. Every day here was one day closer to being with Jesus. Because he was able to have a key role in doing the work of God, even though he had that role, he still wanted to spend time with Jesus. Because he was blessed to learn the truth about who Jesus really was. So, joyful, an interesting word. We can be joyful because we have assurance of eternal life in Christ. Because we have a close relationship with fellow believers, which leads to real joy. Joy to come to church. Joy to spend time with each other. Joy to learn God's word. Joy to have a respite from the wicked world. Joy to spend time with people we love. Joy to have hope in a hopeless world. A world that seems to grow more and more hopeless each and every day. Yet we can have hope because we know this is not our eternal home. We can have a joyful life knowing that the craziness of this world will soon pass. That Satan is a liar. That there really is a truth. The world is telling us that there's no such thing as truth. I, I, I'm amazed that we are at the point that we are now and, and where if you're a young person and you're in school, one of the things that you're, you're being taught is that, well, there really isn't any such thing as truth. Pilate said it those, those many years ago uh, when he said, what is truth? And yet we're in a world today that tries to tell us there is no such thing as truth. Truth is what you make it to be. That is a lie. There is a truth. God's word tells us there's truth. He is truth. And for those people who believe that, they are being lied to. That he also knows that this, you can be joyful because this world is not our home. This is only a temporary place. We can be joyful because we are created in his image to do his will. We can be grateful and thankful that he died, that our sins may be forgiven. John tells us the purpose of, of his coming, Jesus' coming, to bring us into fellowship. What is fellowship? Fellowship, contrary to Baptist doctrine, is not potluck dinner. <laughs> it's a relationship with someone you would consider as a friend. A friend is someone who has your best interest at heart. 
A friend is one you can be completely open with. You don't have to guard your words. You don't have to feel completely safe with them. Uh, it's not just an acquaintance. Uh, you know, a friend is somebody that is, that is real. Friends are the like two streams that meet after having flowed together for a time. They become so intermixed as to become a part of each other. A friend is someone like a partner. You have mutual interest. I'm interested uh, with, in God, and he is interested in me. That I should be interested in him is no big deal. But that he should be interested in me is amazing. And he is just as interested in me and you on Monday as he is on Sunday. He is interested in us all the time. So that's the message that he has for us today. We can lead a joyful life because of what Christ done, has done for us. Now, is it easy living, living a joyful life? No. The things of the, this world have a way of coming in and looking at us in the eye and saying, you know, these things are lies. Satan is, is the one who is telling the truth. God is the one who is lying. But we know better. We know that is not true. So what am I saying? I'm saying God loves us and he died for us that we should spend eternity with him. It's a free gift. But we must accept that gift. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted that gift. Maybe you're here and, and you have said for a long time, well, that's something that I'll do later on. Maybe you said that uh, now's not the right time. Certainly that was true in my life for many years. Maybe you're here and, and you're saying, uh, I'm looking for a church home. I'm looking for a place to worship. I'm looking for a place that I can have friends who I can trust. Maybe you're looking for a place that you just want to belong, that you feel like you want to belong. So if that's the case, that's who you are today. Uh, if you want to become part of this fellowship and join and, and share what we share, which is the joy of being with each other, the joy of knowing that there really is a Savior and he really died for me that I could have eternal life and I could spend it with him knowing that the things of this earth are temporary even though your problems may seem like they're taller than the, the Empire State Building even though you think that maybe every day you just get up and you wonder how am I going to make it to the end of the day there's an answer for that and the answer is here so if you want to come today, please come. Join us and be part of our congregation. Would you stand with us as we sing now, Whiter Than Snow.
been good to be here today in God's house. It's a, it's a great time of year. It's a great time that we can fellowship with each other. Uh, it's just a wonderful time that we can have to share God's love with each other. Uh, let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for this time today. We thank you, Lord, that we felt your midst here in our presence today. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to be with us throughout this holiday season, that we keep in mind the reason for this season, and that is you, Lord. Be with us now as we go out amongst the world, and Lord, protect us from, from the evils of the world, and help us to know each and every day that we are following you, your footsteps along the way. In Jesus' name, amen. I see you, Jesus.